Hey guys, and we're here with Pinky Weber today. She's the last guest in our summer of special guests. We're super excited to have her. I'm really proud of our guests for this season. Like, I'm really proud of us for getting them on. I'm really proud to have shared them with our listeners. They were a great bunch. Yeah, I'm really excited to have shared their stories. Yeah, I've just been super reflective. We've had 14 guests out of our 40 episodes so far, and I think that's pretty awesome. I'm really proud of us. Yeah. I'm proud of them. Yeah. I'm proud of everyone listening. Yeah, that this is happening and growing and still as fun as it was in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, so it's 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 been great. But yes, yeah, so Pinky's on the show today and you know, all our guests are super interesting, but we really wanted to end our summer of special guests with a bang and she she is that bang. She for sure. And she's just a super talented artist, super sweet girl, based in Brooklyn, you know, street art, fun, cheeky, cheerful icons. And I found out about her at the National Stationery Show that I attended in May. So she was a great find there and you'll hear all about her experience as a young modern female artist in the world today. So without further ado, Pinky Weber. Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedell. And we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen. We're just here to remind you. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Pinky. Hi. Welcome to Crafty Ass Female. <laughs> so glad to have you. I'm so, so happy to be here. Thank let you. Let me just get this out of the way right away. Is Pinky your real name? No. So when I was born, <laughs> I was a very pink baby, and um, oh. my parents couldn't decide on a name. Um, and my sister's oh. like, she's really pink. So my uh, legal name is Paige, but I've been Pinky before I was even named Paige. So Pinky is always stuck. So interesting. There was, because I used to work for the Happy Planner, and then all these girls that used the planner kind of was like, I would start to know them. And one of them is straight up named Sparkle. So, you know, she says no all the time, way. yeah, she's like, my mom was just one of those moms. She wanted to name me Sparkle. So oh she's just the sweetest and cutest, best planner babe ever. But she gets asked it all the time. So if oh. it was your real name, I'm sure you get asked it all the time. No, I get asked all the time. And my partner is named Christian Hooker, and that's his legal name. So, like, everyone's, like, <laughs> pinky and hooker, like, <laughs> so I'm That is it. awesome. That is so good. Okay, so welcome. So, guys, we have here today Pinky Weber on the show. I'm so excited. Um, on her webpage, she calls herself and she talks about how she's an award-winning uh, professional doodler, muralish muralist, which I love, <laughs> super cute and fun, cheeky like all your art, zine queen, donut enthusiast. And you run um, an all-female greedy card and accessory company. Super yeah. exciting. Um, you're originally from San Fran, but now based out of Brooklyn, as far as I understood. And the whole reason you're on the show is because I attended the National Stationery Show um, in May. And, you know, when you attend, you, like, walk all the booths and you go, cute, cute, cute. And I literally, like, stopped short at your booth because I, I – spied the Lindsay Lohan mugshot collection <laughs> and I was just Lindsay. I was like that is genius brilliant but it wasn't you in the booth I don't know if it was Pia 
No, it, it was um, so I had a girl help me out. I had the flu all during NSS. Oh I was God. there for the first day and it was my first trade show ever. It's my first time like ever doing wholesale. So it was like super a huge bummer, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you were there in spirit in that yes. booth, like everywhere. Hi, <laughs> so you know, you know, and just your style totally stopped me. The no, reason so I had the hear. card, yeah, the, the reason I had the card is because of Chris. Kristen, Kristen told me like a week before the show, like, you better take cards and pass them. So the reason you're here is because of Kristen's ingenuity of letting awesome. me know. Thank you, Kristen. And me attending. Yeah, so we're so happy to have you. But fact check me on your intro and just tell us a little bit about you and then go right into it. Like, yeah, how'd you get to where you are today? Sure. Um, so I was born in San Francisco. Uh, I uh, wasn't there for that long, though. I ended up going to boarding school in Virginia as a teenager. Um, and uh, for me, that was a big uh, culture shock because it was a very Southern boarding school, but mm -hmm. I've always done art. Um, I think when I was in uh, high school, I sort of thought I wanted to do like costuming or maybe like drawing. I wasn't really sure, but my dream was always to go to Parsons ever since I was like 12. So I went to high school in Virginia. I got into, I applied to Parsons. I went to like a couple of summer programs before to like test out all the art schools. And I was like, still like, I want to go to Parsons. Yeah. I got, I applied, I got in early, which is great. I got a scholarship. Um, I ended up going, loved it, stayed in New York. Uh, been here for like seven years now um, in Brooklyn. Uh, and now I live with my two wiener dogs here and it's awesome. <laughs> wow. So yeah, so I mean, Cause what, what I, now that I know about you and now you have the booth in, in stationary show and all that. So like, you've obviously been this creative person and child that blossomed into this creative like woman. Right. <laughs> and then how do you go from that to like, go to Parsons to like become a professional illustrator to like, sure. I have to hire people to help me with this. No, thing. it's, it's a big, it was a big process yeah. and hiring anyone to help with something so personal, like artwork is is hard and you really have to get the right person in. Um, and I'm so lucky. I have like a really great team. Um, but it's, so I guess it started when I was in college. I wasn't necessary. I thought I wanted to do like costuming, like I mentioned at Parsons. I wasn't sure we have something called a foundation year at Parsons. And so in that first year of college, you get to test out all the different kind of majors. Mm. Um, and so through that, I've decided, wow, illustration is super cool. I want to be in this community. I love it. I was an illustration major. It was a pretty small program, but a great program. Um, and I had a really great professor my senior year, Jordan Issop. Um, and through that, I, I just like fell in love with it. And I think I ended up getting published before I graduated my first editorial piece. Um, and I, I guess that's sort of how I got started with illustration was through editorial work. Um, so I got started through uh, Mental Floss and then I did a couple of things for like Boston Globe, Den of Geek. Um, and through doing that for a couple of years, I think I learned that I liked more icon work rather than narrative. So I sort of started with the editorial, moved into more like commissions for like brands and stuff. Like right now I'm working on like a sticker pack for Ryan Porter mm -hmm. for them to like include in all their shipments, stuff like that. And um, I met my boyfriend Christian and started doing murals about a year ago. And I think that's one of my like biggest passions right now creatively um, and as well as murals, I was thinking, okay, how do I take my work, be an artist and make some sort of money that's steady from it? Cause throughout the first couple of years, I was still freelancing. I worked as an art director for like a year right out of college. Um, 
And so for me, that's where NSS really came in and the wholesale really came in because I'm like, okay, I can have all this cool art. I can put it on a product, sell it, make a brand, have fun and make money and still be me. Right. And so, cause so many things of what you just said, I'm, I'm interested in like expanding on. So like you, you mentioned foundationing in the school, which means you're going to Parsons. It's a designy school, mm-hmm. but then they say, there's so many ways you can go with design. Like here's all the things you could try. Like that is amazing to me. Right it was there. awesome because I, some schools don't, I think it's like Savannah college of art and design that you go straight into your major. Mm-hmm. But when you're 18, like what the hell do you know? I mean, <laughs> uh, I don't know anything. I still don't know anything. I feel like, but um yeah so i think that's like i would have never fallen into the right place if it wasn't for that yeah i feel like foundationing should be mandatory before any college yeah i think think, like RISD does a foundation year as well like pratt most do i think it's just for artists it's like so necessary Yeah, yeah i think um so can you talk more about uh what Parsons is and where Parsons is in relation to uh, the city? Sure. So uh, Parsons, sorry to not expand. I'm a little bit in my own bubble, which is what I, it's like, I'm like, oh, Parsons, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait, not everyone knows what that is. Um, so Parsons uh, <laughs> yeah, is, that's a, what we're here for. <laughs> is a design school in um, New York City, downtown on 14th Street and 5th Avenue. Um, it, I guess I first heard about it just through the reputation. It was also the show where they filmed Project Runway. So that's what, how a lot of people know about Parsons. Um, yes. Or at least when I was a student there, they were always filming. And you could see, like, Heidi Klum, like, running down the hallway. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so I guess I, I just heard about it through reputation and saw it on TV um, and knew of it as, like, one of the top art schools in the U.S., um, you know, there are so many great art schools here. There's Pratt, RISD, SVA, um, just to name like a few. But for me, I think mm. I identified with Parsons because it was a little bit more business-like. Um, and I felt like almost rather than going to school, it was almost like going to a job. Mm. Um, and they, I think they were the best at prepping me for like a real world experience and how to be professional in such a kooky industry. Um, and so I, I guess I heard about it. I saw it on TV. I did a couple of summer programs when I was in high school, and that really helped me sort my mind a little bit. I did one at Parsons. Uh, it was like a six-week intensive. Um, and then I did one at RISD, which was another like six weeks, like summer intensive. And that's what um, and that's narrowed it in down. in Rhode Island. Yes, RISD is at Rhode Island School of Art and Design. Um, and so like, did you know growing up that you wanted a career as an artist? Yes, always. I mean, it was there's nothing else I was good at. <laughs> it was like that or that or bust. Um, so, or bust. so like going into it, you knew you wanted to like make money, and you knew like making money was definitely going to be a part of it. And like, does that something that made you pick Parsons over oh, one of the other schools? Um, I, I think uh, the city had a lot to do with it. Being in um, New York City. Uh, I think that was it. Um, and honest, it's just like what the best. I, I mean, I think I, it was just such a good school and it was such an honor to get in and um, have an opportunity there for me. Uh, but I guess, yeah, I liked the vibe there. It felt professional. A lot of art schools, I think, I don't want to generalize, but, you know, there's a lot of 
stoners and not saying that there's anything wrong with being a stoner, but (laughs) like not taking serious work. Right. You still need to get work done. Exactly. Um, And so like we used to pull all nighters all the time, like three a week was like not like crazy. We used to do at least do one one a week. And I loved that because I'd just be up with my friends and drinking Red Bull and like making art and we'd be having the best time. That sounds like the best, like, I don't know, like we, right. Those are the best college days. And like (laughs) now that you're not capable of doing that really as much anymore, it's like nostalgia. And like, that's so much of what your art that I love. It's like reaching back for those things that you loved about being like a nineties kid, (laughs) but like you still like can have right now. Exactly. I feel like my work at, then I try to keep it really honest. I think honesty is important. I think if you're making work that is for other people, like for the internet, if I'm making work that looks cool on the internet, it doesn't feel honest. It doesn't feel right. And for me that I just draw things I like at the end of the day, it's pretty much it. Yeah. Your work is, your work comes off as super authentic. Oh, thank you. And it's just so, I, I feel like it's like, hard to be trendy and also be true like you know well yeah I don't think yeah I feel like that's a there, challenge that there's, if- there's a way you sort of have to twist your work as you're an illustrator I'm not the style isn't going to be in style in 10 years you know right. I'm going to have to adjust like I wouldn't be relevant if I didn't um so it's always about like using your style and tailoring it in the slightest way keeping it still you still honest to you know be right for the project being on trend etc right do you think it's important to like live in a place like New York to keep yourself in a place where there's a lot of art happening, where there's a lot of people doing art, where there's something where... I think so. I think Brooklyn's a big part of my work. Um, I think for me doing murals, I have to be in New York. It's like the hub for murals. Um, there are laws um, on the West Coast, for example, in Oregon, uh, where if you want to do a mural, even if it's a private business, it has to be approved by the government and you have to submit a bunch of forms and it takes, it's like a two year process just for a mural. Wow. So um, in New York, you could, they don't have those laws. So um, that's a big reason why I think street art is so prevalent here. Also just uh, prevalent, excuse me. Uh, also just the community and artist community. I work in a big studio called the Pencil Factory. It's an old pencil factory. They actually invented putting the erasers on number two pencils. That's um, amazing. <laughs> and it's, so it's perfect. A bunch of illustrators are here. It's sort of like where you are if you're an illustrator. I live a couple blocks away. And um, I think being around those types of people, it's great. Um, just I need to be around like-minded people. I need to be seeing art. I think I grew up in a city, so it would be weird if I moved to like rural somewhere. <laughs> um, I think I would die. But um it's just not for me, but, uh, yeah, I think that's the community and surrounding yourself with like-minded people, positive people is important. Yeah. And, and as far as like, cause we were on the topic of murals. So that's kind of like your main work now, aside from the company, aside from like merch. Yeah. Right? Um, it's also seasonal. So right now that's why it's a big focus. I can't go and paint a mural in the winter. Um, right. but uh, yeah, I think it's just, uh, I started really editorial and I still do mostly a lot of illustration, mm-hmm. but um, for me, it's just so fun to go and paint um, and a great way to meet people. I think the street art community is lacking a lot of women. Mm-hmm. Um, there aren't as many opportunities for women in that community as 
for example, like illustration, there's women who draw, there's all these like mm -hmm. great like networks for women and street art. I mean, I don't know if you could even think of one big street artist who's a woman off the top of your head. Right. No. Um, and you could probably name four or five men. Yeah. So that for me, I just think it's really important to keep doing it, especially as a woman. And it ties into that, like, it's not something that can reach everyone in the world, like something on Instagram, but at the same time, it is Instagrammable, which means that people can exchange it and exactly. it does. Yeah. So, and I love that. I love and that. It's for me too, like my work's pretty simple. It works well on a wall. And I always try to think, you know, you're, you're working a foot away from the wall and you can get really caught up in details, like tiny details, especially if you're using a brush. So for me, I always just try to step back and think, okay, like people are going to be taking pictures of this or looking at it from across the street. You need to see how it's going to look 30 feet away, not like a foot away. Um, yeah. And I think Instagram is a huge part of murals too. It's there. I mean, it's yeah. a big network for that. Yeah. And so that was my question too, is like, if you're so used to editorial, like to transition to a <laughs> that different like medium like what is that like well it's like working from this big yeah. to like this <laughs> yeah. times 10 right um, like how does that even work like I'm like did they grid first did they oh project? Yeah. Like, there are so many ways to do it um I mean some of it I freehand like uh the donut mural I did last summer which is a 30 foot donut um part of the <laughs> star street collective it's like a donut and it has like a bunch of pill sprinkles and like crazy crackhead eyes it's like your first drug <laughs> yeah. is like the theme um, and for that, we freehanded it. Uh, but for most of them, I recently have started projecting. I have a generator and a bunch of lights that I bring out because I prefer working mm -hmm. at night. I'm a night owl. Mm -hmm. And um, that and it, the heat doesn't bother me that way. And I don't get distracted as much. There's less people around. Um, and so I like projecting, but... I, I only project my own drawings. I don't project like an image or a picture right. like on the internet or something. Um, but a lot of people just freehand or grid it. Um, but I think for me, it's easy to project. Everything yeah. for me is like all my drawings are black and white lines, so it works well. Nice. How long does a mural take usually? Uh, like a, a couple days. Uh, it depends oh. on the size. Um, I just did a gate for Welling Court Mural Project, which was super exciting. It's my first year. It's a big... Um, street art project in Astoria, Queens. It's like six blocks, hundreds of artists wow. from all over the world come and fly. And you kind of have to bring your own materials. You don't get paid to do it. Um, but it's a really fun thing to do. And it's a great way to meet people. And for that, I did a small gate. It was probably like four feet by six feet. And it took me like four days, which is a long time for something yeah. that size. Because with can spray yeah. cans, it moves pretty quick. But because of the corrugation on the gate, um, when you spray over a corrugation, the spray nozzle like spurts out because it's on a regular surface rather mm -hmm. than like a smooth surface. Um, and you can't really use street art pens or anything like that because of the corrugation. So it took me a longer time just because I was doing a very neat lettering on a gate, which was probably a little <laughs> bit of, uh, you know, not a, the best idea. But <laughs> I have to check that out. I have to get yeah, to yeah. what bring your, is it? Bring your dog. It's a send dog pics. It's a big heart. Um, oh, it's also one of my greeting cards. Uh, and so, yeah, go bring your dog. There's like a place, two footprints for a person and two little paw prints for a dog. Oh. Bring your cat. Uh, bring it. Bring anyone. Yeah, yeah. I also going to bring their bunny. She's like, I'm bringing yeah. my bunny. I'm like, yay. <laughs> Cute. What, what street is it on? It's on, it's like 1157 Welling Court. Like it's okay. the actual Welling Court. Okay. Um, 
breed or cork. Fun. Yeah, I so think one of the things I find coolest about street art, apart from Instagram, is that some people can't avoid it. Like, you have all these people who actively don't go on Instagram, who actively don't go on social media, who don't have phones, who don't partake in, you know, social, the internet or social media at all. But they walk down the street. They can't avoid walking down the street. And that type of art, this, this immersive public art is just, it's so awesome to interact with a group of people that you're never going to be able to interact with in any other way and I think for the whole point of street art it's like okay we don't have no galleries are going to accept my work we're different like it's a way to escape the gallery world escape the art world sort of and just it's freedom it's you can put your wheat paste your tag wherever you want and people are going to interact with it and see it and they don't have a choice which seems really obnoxious (laughs) saying it that way, but it's really just like an open forum for everyone. And I like it because there's no exclusivity. It's not about who you know. It's just whatever wall you want, go take it. Just don't like tag over someone's stuff. I think that's amazing. Yeah. So speaking of your art, your art is fun, it's loud, it's cheeky. Like how did this style evolve? Was there ever a time when you felt you had a sense of yourself or was it no holds barred Um, from the beginning I think I guess when I was in college I was a little bit more nervous um and I didn't I censored myself a little bit more I guess I started originally in like my freshman year of college with collage drawing on top of collage Mm -hmm. moved into um just like straight up uh pen illustration uh a lot of portraiture and sort of editorial narrative work and then um now more icons I think it's Mm -hmm always been colorful it's always been bold it's always been kind of witty but a little bit inappropriate but (laughs) I think in a smart way um and uh for I I don't know I feel like it's just me at the end of the day like I have hot pink hair um I'm crazy my studio is all pink like I love color (laughs) like I want to make the world more colorful and more happy like I don't want to make dark depressing art (laughs) (laughs) Like, I want people to have fun. I want people to have a good day. I want to, like, have them look at something, question social media, question, you know, like, pop culture, but in a way that's fun and accessible and not intimidating. Right. And I think as an artist, too, like, as a creator, as a crafter, like, part of the skill is understanding the inspiration, right? Like, I feel like... Because what I'm referencing is, like, you're a little pigeon with the poop. And, like, you call it, like, a flying rat. Like, I love – like, that – you might feel like, gosh, that's a weird thing to, like, draw. But to feel an impact of inspiration to do that and incorporate that in your logo and everything, like, that means something. And then I think as an artist to know to capitalize it and not just say, like, I'm going to draw because it's on my mind. But, like, to draw it because I think this is going to connect somehow. Like, so I don't know. Like, I just feel like – could you speak to that a little bit? Like as a professional sure. artist, like how do you know, how do you know to trust that? Like I feel like some of our listeners would censor if something. Oh yeah. Sl- you should, yeah. You, I mean, I, I say don't, you should trust your gut. Right. Um, yeah. I think so, with the greeting card stuff, like with some of my icons, I ran it by like 10 people and there was one that it says, uh, yes, yes, yes. Like over and over again in like a handwritten font. And I got mixed feedback from that. But in my gut, I was like, I really like this one. I want to do yeah. it. And it ended up selling well. So it's just about trusting your gut. Um, Don't worry about, if you're worrying about what other people think, you know, what's the point? 
Um, artists right. for you, you're supposed to have fun. If you're not having fun, you're probably not, you know, I, if I, I feel like at least if I'm not having fun while I'm doing art, what's the point? What, why am I even doing this? Um, so for me though, the icons, it's a lot of it's things I see every day. And I think going into that more deeply, it's, I see all these inanimate objects around me that people tend to ignore, but at right. the end of the day, like something like a pigeon, you're going to interact with pigeons in New York City every day. It's actually a pretty big part of your life when you think about think about how many hundreds of pigeons you see a day and walk by <laughs> yeah. and like fly away or like right. fly by your car or whatever. And I want to just play on those like everyday inanimate objects that don't really have a personality and give them a personality and let them have a vo- let the pigeons have a voice. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, like let them, you know, make people interact with a pigeon that they normally wouldn't think about um and make it fun and you know sort of question reality and question you know ignoring those objects that I think are important and super fun and to me I always try to just give life to like whatever I have I mean I'm wearing like a hot pink Britney (laughs) headset right now Um, which is amazing thank you um I feel like I'm like toxic with my little like um but no I, I think it's a big uh Part of just like taking things you see and just giving them a personality. One of the things that you give personality to, and I haven't gone on this rant um, on this show in a long time. So you give life to probably one of my favorite things in the entire world, <laughs> which is a slice of pizza. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm a big pizza lover too, and I agree. Like you can't get anything like a New York City slice. I think. Pizza's been a big part of my life for a while. Um, you know, being an artist, having a studio, there's a lot of bills over my head um, and just supporting myself 100% as an artist. There was a lot of dollar pizza nights. So I think it's yes. sort of like something that was on my desk. And I was like, okay, I love this. Let's draw this and expanding on it. Um, I think one of my bigger pizza pieces is the UFO abduction pizza. Um <laughs> which is just like kind of combining two of my favorite things and like what else would an alien abduct like obviously oh. pizza <laughs> yes. um so uh yeah so that ended up being like a mural and all that but for me at pizza it's just such a big part of my life being on a budget as an artist like dollar pizza good pizza you know there's so many yeah. types of pizza like yeah, fancy pizza. You can go sit down at a restaurant at like I work across from Polly G's and go sit and have like a, a napkins and like like tablecloth and like eat a fancy pizza or you can go get a dollar slice or you can get something in between. Like there's just so many types, so many versions. I have brec- I've had breakfast pizza, I've had, you know, all like dinner pizza, lunch pizza, like <laughs> all, and it's for every meal. <laughs> yeah. It's a staple of living in New York City. Exactly. It's, yeah. It is telling of like New York living. Totally. Yes. And it's such a big part of my, I eat it at least three times a week. I mean, it's such a big part yeah. of my life. Yeah. Like, how can I not touch on that? And then the whole thing makes me just think about like icons and icon work in general. And like we've seen throughout the these most recent years, like the pineapple have its moment. The disco ball is mm-hmm. kind of having a moment. Like, how do you feel about like thing? Cause I, I remember like feeling the trend of the disco ball and that it's everywhere. And then I'm just like, Oh, okay. Like, how do you feel about like when when icons get trendy? Do you feel like you want to then what's going to be the next one? Or like, how do you feel about like choosing what icon? I don't know. 
I mean, for me, it's like I always just choose the things around me, the things I like, and then it happens to tie in. Like this year right. was all about bananas, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, like NSS, I got a bunch of posts, like trend of trend of the, like this NSS trend is bananas because I had this yeah. like banana peel. Um, <laughs> happy paper. And um, so for me, it's just sort of like kind of like it ends up happening. I've tried to force it in the past. Like I tried to do like an egg cracked, like a fried egg kind of thing. I was going to like yeah. – Put them on the floor all over new york city like wheat paste and stuff um but it ended up just not working i think it just kind of has to be natural and if it's a trend it's gonna like fall right. into that right yeah and then as an artist when you it's like you want to make the trends but when almost when you see something being too trendy you want oh, yeah. to just do the opposite <laughs> yeah, yeah totally totally so i always think of uh the devil wears prada mm-hmm. and like the trickle down fashion how it mm-hmm. works and like if you aren't at the top you're already part of the trickle down <laughs> yeah exactly right. and like there's there's things too I think I did an editorial piece for Den of Geek um of 11 from Stranger Things and um it's like the it's a full page um I guess illustration and it's like her nose bleeding and there's like right. a crazy wavy background and I've been approached so many times like can we get this on a shirt can we do this and it's a great illustration but it, for me I'm like kind of like okay well you know it's kind of had its moment right. um I feel like it's passed and like yeah, I'd love to make a shirt and do that, but it's just, I think it's like done and I kind of want to move on. Um, so there's sort of just like recognizing that for sure. Like when something's had its moment, you just need to like, let it go. Like don't hit, hit it over the head. People are going to get sick of it and annoyed. Yeah. If you're not liking it, whatever. Or just go completely crazy. Like I feel like walking the national station show, like how many times can I see a monstera leaf, like on a piece of paper? Like how many times? So then I walk by and I see like Lindsay Lohan's mugshot illustration. I'm like, thank God. (laughs) I'm glad I stood out. I was nervous. I was very nervous because I didn't, I've been to the national station show once and it's nice to hear that I stand out. I mean, obviously like, I figure not a lot of people are doing Lindsay Lohan's mugshots, but But that that in of itself makes it like noteworthy. Like, and the fact that you were obviously inspired to do that, so it isn't inauthentic. It's not for. It's not a what do you call it? Bait. It's not clickbait. It's completely. You could tell that it matches with everything else you do, but it's it's just. I feel like it comes from the need to like. I need to do something that isn't everywhere. Yeah, (laughs) and it's funny because that's one of the pieces. It's older as well, but I still haven't gotten sick of it. Like it was actually my senior thesis was celebrity mugshot so I drew like every celebrity who's been arrested like Charlie Sheen Justin Bieber <laughs> um and I took a lot of time drawing them I had like Justin Bieber's zits in there his kind of yellowy teeth like the cool like the gel hair like the tips um and Lindsay was okay. the series I did because she had sex and it was perfect and I it's almost like four years I guess old now um and it's still for me I still love it and it makes me happy and I'm like all right this one works and it works as a set so let's go for it I love it so good and everything you're describing about Charlie Sheen ones and the other like I'm dying to see them now so good just so good um yeah so having a booth at National Stationery Shows just dive right into it so you kind of said that you you were there to set up and then you were just like out for the count (laughs) I was it's it was not fun dude I don't I mean it was just I was there I had spent like basically like eight months to a year preparing for this <laughs> yep. um, and then it comes and I'm I was so sick I, I was just dead it wasn't a sickness where I was like okay I can get up and like be yeah okay oh yeah no the flu this year was uh brutal yes it- uh it was horrible and I was I was just it was like right after the first day I felt like a like a tickle in my throat and I was like yeah yeah shit 
Um, but <laughs> yep. I'm glad I have a good team to support me. I, I'm, I am really sad I missed out, though. I'm doing – that's, I think, part of the reason why I'm doing Atlanta's Mart um, in like, two weeks or a mm. week, uh, January – or sorry, not January, July 11th, um, I think is when it is. Uh, and because I felt like I missed out on NSS, it's my first wholesale experience. It's my first trade show experience the big first for me and I just want to have that experience that's awesome that yeah awesome. and so this is a weird question and I'm not a weird question I don't know I think it might be a stupid question but <laughs> no stupid questions, there aren't I, questions. I feel like I know the answer to this but I'm gonna ask it anyway or maybe I don't know the answer anyway whatever Why? the audience doesn't know the answer I know <laughs> I feel like you with all your art and being an illustrator why not Surtex and why the National Stationery Show? Oh, is that, um, yeah. that's interesting. So I ended up, I didn't even know about the National Stationery Show until I went a year ago. Um, and I went because uh, my assistant's mom like, got me a ticket, um, and which was awesome. Um, and I'm super thankful for that uh, And because I hadn't heard of it. Um, because I feel like, too, the reason I hadn't heard of it is illustration, street art, editorial, stationery. It's all very kind of separate. Mm -hmm. um, especially stationary um, because there's a, a more of a business side to it mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's not as prevalent in New York as like editorial work since all the magazines and book publishers are based here um, so when I went I went to Surtex and I went to NSS as well and, and for me, people who don't know Surtex is just where the artists try to get licensed yes it's more like patterns um, right. and uh, for me I just was I think visually drawn to NSS um, mm -hmm. the the booths, I think, themselves. When you go through Surtex, uh, it's a lot of, I think, agents as well. So there's not a lot of art up. Um, so I think just NSS is more exciting. Um, I also hadn't even gotten into patterns until I started doing wrapping paper for NSS, which right. um, ended up coming pretty naturally, but I just didn't even think about it. Um, so for me, I think NSS, it was more like I went to both and I was just like really wowed with NSS because of the setup, because of the booths. You know, I love right. like little tiny little miniature erasers and stuff like that and it's yeah. very exciting it's to be in a room full of that it's really cool to be there <laughs> yeah it's just like going into the greatest <laughs> stupid store you've ever been in in your um, entire life i was amazing like i felt like such a high when i came yeah. out of it like uh it's just so incredible and if you're a, a, even someone who just likes notebooks or erasers like you would love it yeah, my partner went with me, and he has no in like he what I, I he doesn't like anything. I mean, he likes video games. He just likes nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like he what does he he you know he likes everything and nothing at the same time. But he's not going to go into the mall and go into a tchotchke shop. Yeah, but like he went with me, and he's like, oh my god, this is the coolest thing I've ever <laughs> oh, been yeah. to. It's incredible. It's sort of almost like I think like an interactive. Experience, like one of those experiential yes. exhibits like Museum of Ice Cream in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yes. Going in and it's like all over you. And that's what I wanted to focus on my booth to make it just a really nice like overall experience because I felt like the booths I went to that had like just a total like vibe to it really like, spoke to me rather than just like white walls and cards. Yeah. Right. And then Surtex would kind of be the place where you're like, I'm an artist, help me put the put my art on things but you going into the stationary show is almost like I put my art on things like yeah. I have merch. And I think licensing too is pretty new for me just coming from editorial world just because mm -hmm. it's like 
people will reach out to me, hey, I have this article, it's being published in three days for Boston Globe, and I need you to draw this spread of Gronk, um, and you still have all the rights to your work. Um, right, yeah. But, you know, you have to sign some legalities, of course. Like, you can't, like, sell your work and make money off of it, etc. I really want to see that. Is that a thing? What? The... Oh yeah, that's one yeah. that the, I did that for uh, Boston Globe. I think like a year or two ago. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna definitely. It's like out. Gronk at a barbecue and he's holding like a giant wiener on a stick, and he's, like, partying, <laughs> yeah. and he has like I... a beer helmet on and having a fun that. time. Um, and uh, sorry, where was? Oh, so licensing <laughs> is like a little uh, bit of a. It's just newer to me. It feels uncomfortable too to have someone like. Not that I have a problem with someone like owning my work, but I'm pretty. I don't know. I think I'm like territorial. Like I draw everything myself. I don't let any of my assistants like touch my drawings. Like I'm pretty like, this is mine. I don't want anyone else to have it. I want to own it. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. And it's so kind of weird when other people do things. Yeah. And then you don't know what they're going to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just suspicious. I'm like, yeah. all right, like, <laughs> it'd be cool if you put this on like a curtain, but like, it's not going to work as like a duvet cover. And right. I want it as or a, a bath mat. Because you're going to like ruin my work that, you know. Right. And so as a, as a shower in the stationary show, you dictate what it's on, exactly. you dictate what you can buy of my work and how it's presented. So versus, yeah, versus Surtex where you're going and you're like, okay, here are my illustrations, here are my patterns. What do you want to put it on at stationary right. show? I felt like I was like, okay, I can buy the wrapping paper samples. It's going to cost a little bit more. And I can be like, this is how my work is supposed to be. And you can right. sell it as wrapping paper or buy. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the more... The more and more we talk about, uh, the more and more we talk to different women, the more and more we talk about different small business models. And I think that those are two very different business models. One of, you know, here I make art and I can license it to different people for different usages. And also here I make art and I make products with my art. Now here, go and buy them, whether it's, you know, having your own website and selling them or selling them wholesale, both of which you do. Yes. And I, I think too, like with, um, the licensing, it's, 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 just, it's very different. And also I think long-term thinking about it, I'm trying to build something that's sustainable for years to come. And when you're doing licensing, yes, it's fun, but it's not as sustainable as when you're like creating your own products, creating a brand, creating like an entity for yourself. Yes. And then I, I think that's so encouraging to hear as a lot of our listeners are like aspiring artists or whatever. And me and Kristen talk about all the time how like sometimes your brain just works creatively. So to think about the different, it's so encouraging to hear from an actual artist why you chose which one. Like, you know, cause sometimes if you read a business book, it's like you can license, you can this, but not do really all the things. Right. Or, and you're not hearing the reasoning behind why you did one and not the other. That's so encouraging. Oh, good. Yeah. So happy we're here with you. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. No, I think good. it's important awesome. to talk to people as artists and listen and do research. I listened to your podcast before NSS. Like, it, it's just important to figure out what's going on from, you know, a perspective of a real person. You can read whatever books you want. But at the end of the day, yes, it's your opinion. If you want to go do surtex and license your stuff, that's great. I, of course, go do it. But personally, I just want to have that control. And I think it's important for people to kind of know the difference because a lot of times people will go into something kind of like not knowing what they're getting into. Yeah, well, right. you've talked about how personal your art is. I mean, everything comes from, you know, there's those pigeons that I'm interacting yeah. with and the pizza that I interact exactly. with. And so and like, 
if these are these things that you're interacting with and then someone goes and uses them in a it's not even a malicious or illegitimate way it's just not your intended right it's not it's it's it becomes less personal to you and it's not maybe necessarily making people happy and joyful the way that you want your art to make people happy and joyful exactly it's it's nice just to have that extra level of control and i think so many times artists panic that they won't ever sell anything or you know i or i don't know i feel like my dream would be to be just like this artist that makes art and people want it so badly but i'm not really an artist i consider myself more of a designer like if Mm -hmm. i find a need i could kind of like create something or think up something to fill that need but like I feel like sometimes artists like maybe it's a lack of confidence like initially that they know what's best to do with their art or like they're just dying so hard for like a big break you know what I mean so that licensing almost surtax would be like please here's my art like someone help me like oh not saying that that is the attitude but I feel like if that is someone's attitude like what advice would you give people starting up like um, I feel like that would be me if I was an sure. artist. I'd be like I, I mean need something to no yeah I think it's always hard to start especially as a woman um being in this business is crazy uh I think you just have to be confident believe in yourself believe in your work um hustle I, I still pull all-nighters all the time I was up till 6 a.m last night working on a deadline uh for a sticker sheet like it's all about just being confident in yourself trusting your work if it's good it's going to go places. And if you work hard, even if it's not good, you're still going to get somewhere. You know, hard work pays off. Um, And you should just try. Because if you don't try, you're just going to regret it. Like, that's why with NSS, I just wanted to go all in. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do stationary. I also want to be like, no books, because it's something I just really want to do. And for me, I just, it's like, go big or go home. Like, what's the point if I'm not going to do it? I think it's always been the attitude with my Mm -hmm. career. Like, I started when I graduated college, I had to pay the bills. So I uh, worked as an art director at like 21, which is crazy um, for the week and mental floss. Uh, and um, for me, I, I ended up quitting after a year just because I ended up doing work like off Boston Globe. And um, I sort of had like a book talk in the works and I wanted to focus on my own stuff and do some freelance graphic design on the side to still pay the bills. And I just it was a big decision. I mean, to quit a great paying job. I was an art director mm-hmm. at like 22. It's just nuts. I went from an intern to an art director. And uh, that was a huge step. And I just think it worked for me. And I just need to keep trusting in myself and keep making those like bold decisions. Because as a woman, it's hard enough. And if you don't try or if you do it halfway, you know, it's there's no point in my opinion. If you stayed as an art director, how do you think like it would have been different? Like you, it, you wouldn't have had autonomy. It would have been more, do you think you would have grown still as an artist? Yes, but slower. I think, mm. um, obviously it was great having that paycheck every week. Um, and now it's sort of like cat figuring out cash flow. Mm. but, uh, I was pulling a lot of all nighters. Um, and I think I just wouldn't, my style wouldn't have developed as quickly as it has now. Like back Mm -hmm. then I was still doing portraiture and less icons and I was getting like editorial gigs, but I think the other work makes me a little bit more happy. I would have probably taken a more years to go to the NSS. I wouldn't have Mm -hmm. been able to get my studio, you know, stuff like that. Did you, did your, were your expectations met slash goals from the stationary show? Yeah. I mean, my goal was sort of just to like, show up and see how Uh. it goes. Um, I think I'm my own worst enemy. So I'm always like, I wish I made more sales, but I made sales at the show. And I think for your first year, that's great, especially when you're For the first year of you not even being there. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Um, So it's an investment too. You're never going to make 
you know, the amount you put in, if you, I put in a a lot of um, money because I just wanted to go all out. And I think it's worth like putting out a really good booth, et cetera, and spending money on that. Um, And because if you don't, it just looks a little bit unprofessional in my opinion. Um, So for me, obviously I'm not going to make all the money back that I put into it, but it's just, uh, you got, just got to do it. Yeah. Especially the first year. Mm Mm-hmm. And the second year is, you know, maybe you break even. And then the third year is where you make your profit. Exactly. And it's all about patience. I have no patience. I'm used to editorial work where it's like, okay, we have this deadline due in three days. And I stay up like two nights in a row to finish it because it needs to be like printed in a newspaper. So there's like a time deadline. And same with murals. It happens so quick. And so for, because someone could take the wall, you know, if they're not going to have you paint the wall and get somebody else, you got to grab that wall. So for NSS, my biggest struggle is patience waiting because a lot of the sales happen after the show, figuring out business stuff as an artist. I feel like I'm really good at business. Everyone always is like, you're such a good businesswoman. And then I go to NSS and I feel like so intimidated and maybe I have (laughs) some stuff to learn. Um, So it was a little bit humbling in the business sense. Like, okay, I kind of am still 26 and I need to like learn business stuff. Like, uh, or running a small business, setting up my business checking account, etc. Um, and so it's just all for me, the hardest part was patience because I'm like, why didn't I make a million dollars in one day? Like, okay, right, that's yeah. not how it works. Like, yeah, you're worse. You're used to these other super fast paced industries, but like, this isn't it. Yeah. And that's no, not totally. how it works. And, and it's, it's like, no one is booing your booth out because you didn't have all the business knowledge in the world. But it's I think like as, I show up, I get like tomatoes. I'll make that an icon. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'll use it as inspo. No, but I think like, that's, I think worst case scenario where our head goes. If we're like, I can't be in the stationary show this year because I don't have all my business sense together, but then you're never going to go. And it takes exactly. you going to then realize you don't, and no one's going to tell you you can't come back or like, or boot. So I think yeah. and I, I never I thought, know yeah. what you don't know until exactly. you, you, you yeah. don't know what you need to learn. Yeah. I, I, exa- and I read three books on, Anna, like on stationary, like, uh, right. Well, who's, what's his name? Rob Fortier's books. Like I read all of his books, like I did <laughs> listen to all these podcasts and like, you're going to learn. And I also connected with a few, um, yeah. super nice people like Ash and Chess or Tayham, who's awesome. Um, and ask them like small little questions about like fireproofing and stuff like that. But like, you're never going to learn till you actually go, you can do all the research in the world. But like, even though I had a year, I just still felt like unprepared, um, <laughs> which, which is going to happen. It's going to happen. And then you'll so, do, you said you're going to Atlanta for a yes, show. I'm going so you'll to learn Ameri- more there. Yeah. America's Mart um, in two weeks. And it'll be awesome. And so how do you want to grow your merch? Oh, how did your merch start actually? So my merch actually started pretty much um, through the zine festival scene, sort of. And just to give a little background, a zine is sort of a handmade self-published book. And you usually trade zines. You usually, um, they're cheap, quick photocopy stuff. You sell them for a couple dollars. So I was really involved in the zine community as an illustrator. um, And so uh, I started doing a bunch of zine festivals, zine shows where you sort of sell your zine, sell your comic books and, um, for like $6, $4 and you know, people should just show up. So I started doing those. I traveled a little bit to do those. I did one in England, which was awesome. Did one in Salt Lake city, which was cool, but there are a lot of Mormons, but that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, so yeah, I started doing that and I handmade all my stuff. I printed it here 
and then uh, made started expanding doing Lindsay Lohan mugshot magnets, which I actually printed here, put on like Xyron it, which, and a Xyron is sort of like a machine where you put a piece of paper through and you roll it and it makes the other side sticky, you can, like laminate something, magnet something, make a sticker, Xyron them, like coated them with waterproof stuff. I have a heat press where I make like tote bags and t-shirts, which I didn't sell at NSS. And so I started all like hand making stuff for like four, three, four years ago, which we always kind of did at Parsons. We traded zines, stuff like mm -hmm. that. Uh, we had like zine like parties, <laughs> um, <laughs> like zine pizza beer parties. Um, and I'm also in like an all women's uh, art collective. So that was a big part. We always like traded zines and traded art. Um, and so I think it started with handmaking stuff and I, my dream was always to like expand and, you know, sort of be like a, a brand similar to Valley Cruise Press, even though those are a bunch of different artists in one, I just love the vibe. Right. Like I like that you can buy a notebook and a pencil case and a card. Um, so yeah. for me, it was just always sort of wanting to do that. I mean, how cool would it be if I, you know, this was on a pencil case and always having ideas and, you know, as I said in high school I did costuming so um you know just props and co like clothing have always been like interesting to me so I think it was sort of like a natural progression that's awesome but they're all handmade as of now no like, no, I mean, no 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 so oh. for NSS that was the big jump oh. sorry uh so for NSS I went from making everything in my studio to uh going to the factories and mm. getting stuff produced so it was like the samples and everything. It was my first time doing all that for NSS. So it was a big leap. So that is a yeah, that's a big leap. Can you talk about like what was the research like on doing that? Sure. Um, so I guess I first started reading a couple books, um, and I hired a assistant um, to work for me one day a week to do research on factories. So she um, did some pa basic pattern making um, and. Her name's Keiko. She's awesome. And she, um, I kind of hired her to like help me with uh, finding the manufacturers, meeting with the factories. And so she did most of the research just because I wanted to focus on making art. Um, and so I had her look into it, um, get her opinions, compare pricing, compare sample pricing versus price per piece when it's actually made, which is a big difference. Um, figuring, like trying not to use a factory that's like a a quote unquote sweatshop or yeah, is unfair exactly. right. um, comparing made in America versus made in China, et cetera. Um, and so that was sort of her role. Um, she, we did a little bit of research. We found, you know, a, a forum and got some links to factories through there. Uh, we went, got a lot of stuff from Alibaba at the end of the day. Um, and so, yeah, it's, that's sort of how that happened. I really wasn't even, that involved just because I wanted to focus on the work. I can't do it all at the end of the totally. day. Um, and if I'm not going to do something, I'd rather it be something that is, you know, research or yeah. whatever. Totally. And totally. so what kind of products do you have in your store now? Like what did you bring to NSS in your catalog? Sure. Um, so not all of our products arrived on time because I'm late for everything. <laughs> um, but we got uh, our cards. We have about, I think, 30, no, like 50 greeting cards. Um, if 51, sorry, sorry, 56, <laughs> uh, 36, no, I'm wrong. 36, <laughs> our, our major really bad at math. Um, 36, if not more, I think we have a set of, I think it's like 50. That's but, a lot though. Yeah, it's a lot. I had all the art already. So like I had all these icons and I just kind of like put some hands drawn text or, 
you know, uh, made it kind of like into appropriate for a card. Um, and then uh, notebooks, we have six. We have pins and patches, which I had already made for my solo show back in September, uh, which I did a art show and sort of had a gal like a gallery shop inside of that where people could come and buy stuff. Um, so we have about six or 10 patches, 10 pins, um, and uh, about 10 styles of gift wrap. Um, I think, yeah, that's it. We also had phone cases made and zippered pouches made. The phone cases I might, I'm probably gonna release soon. They're super awesome, I'm really excited about it. Um, and, you know, for me, it was just a lot of the icons had existed because I, basically all these icons existed forever. <laughs> But yeah. it's, I had a solo show in September and then that solo show, I covered the flo floor to ceiling with sort of like wheat paste, which is sort of like a giant sticker of the icons. So you went in and it was a hot pink room, ceiling and walls, and it had an astroturf floor and there's just like probably 400 icons throughout the gallery Bye. at different sizes. Some were four feet, some were three inches. Um, and so I had a lot of ideas for that show and I wrote down a huge list, I think of 400 icons I wanted to draw like you know, uh, what's, let me see, what's one of them, like a, a 40 ounce the pigeon here. on the window. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a little cutout pigeon that's pooping, yeah. one of like the extra icons on the window. Um, but yeah, like the pigeon pooping was one. Um, and so uh, from that show, I had this database of vector illustrations um, that I had made for the solo show and um, blown up for print. And all those illustrations originated as hand drawings that we scanned, vectorized, colored, and then printed. So I had all these icons, and I wanted just to, like, put them on stuff, and I think it ended up kind of... Is that, like, the working. phone you have in the profile pic? Yeah, oh, so I sold, like, fine. big cutouts, or, like, yeah. great for selfies. Like, that's sort of the handmade stuff I kind of sell at, like, scene festivals that you can't really get on my store or wholesale. I'd love to eventually, like, do some wholesale stuff with, like, the cutouts or, you know, the t-shirts or whatever, but right now it just doesn't make sense financially. Yeah, I think that's... you're on your way, girl. Yeah, I was going to say, those yeah. were really cool. Like, I want gigantic, huge things for your icons. Yeah. I'll send you yeah. some. Send me your address. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say oh no to that. Oh, my gosh. So fun, though. So fun. Um, yeah, no. Everything you do, it just, like, literally does. It brings more joy. Good. No, it that's just, the like, goal. Right. I see it, and I smile. Good. <laughs> and I love, like, I feel like you're our first... You are our first illustrator that we're having. And it's just a good, another... Brandy illustrates. Oh, yeah, duh. Brandy, Brandy is, illustrates yeah. differently. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's a there's different a, kind of... There's a lot of different of types of um, yeah. illustration. Like, well, and like, Brandy's very self-taught. Yeah. Which is completely opposite yes. from Katie. It's It's like a completely different path. Two it totally is. Two diverged paths. And even though I'm trained, like technically trained you know, a lot of illustrators aren't. It's what I like about illustration right. is like, it's kind of for everybody. If you're good at it, you're good at it and you're going to get jobs and you're going to make it. If, you know, if you work hard, that's how it goes. Yeah. And I think that, well, so it's really true is that one of the big things you need to do as an artist and as a crafty ass female is like, put one foot in front of the other. Like you're not going to get anywhere unless you do the work. Exactly. And I think and as a woman, you have to work two times as hard. At least. Yeah. And you need yeah. to, like, get over the fact that it's hard. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's a lot of things, like, well, it's hard. Yeah. It is. <laughs> like. 
it's hard for everyone. Like no, it one, is. no one goes into this business. Oh yeah. I just like hang out and draw on the weekends and like, you know, like work for an hour a day and like I'm famous. Like that doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep, but yep. it's, it's driven by the passion. So yeah. I mean, the I, mean hard this stuff. Is, I have to do this. Like if I yeah. don't make art, like there's no point in my life. Like I have right. to be making art. Like it's just what I have to do as a right. human on this planet or alien really on this planet. Right. right. Just this like contract you've made with the universe that yes. this is what I'll be doing. So let's hope it pays off. And exactly. Yes. <laughs> right. I think that's like that, that, that thing. That's why we're all kind of, well, that's all why we're here. We're just, that's what makes us, Again, that's what makes us crafty ass females. Like we're kind of alien in that way. <laughs> totally. We're we're the weirdos. Exactly. And I feel so. like you just need to connect with other weirdos. I feel like people just listening to this podcast is like the first step to like really get going and like connect with all the other weird alien art women. <laughs> yeah, because like we're out here. Yeah. We're here. Yes. Yeah. We're like, on this planet. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to be alone. <laughs> And yes. we can do things that make us happy and joyful exactly. and they can just be mimicking the things that are around us. Exactly. And I think that's sort of with the professional illustration, quote, quote, training I had, I think what that is what opened me faster to the community. I think if I wasn't trained and I didn't have that school network, I wouldn't, it would take longer and I wouldn't be as connected. But I think that's really the main thing I got out of school other than like learning how to draw um, yeah, is think- like that network. I think that's actually the exact same thing that I got out of school. Like I went to school for women's and gender studies. Mm -hmm. And so that's where like my feminism came out. Like I would have, you know, eventually become a radical feminist, but I just became a radical feminist sooner because (laughs) I was trained by radical feminists. Yes. So we talk a lot on the show about how you always kind of wind up where you're supposed to be, even if your path kind of zigzags all over the place Mm -hmm. because no matter where you go there you are so you're going to be you wherever (laughs) wherever whichever direction and it doesn't necessarily mean that you like messed up exactly if you wanted to be you know if you're you know 75 years old and you're like well now I want to be an artist cool then every single thing that you've done for the first 75 years of your life is going to inform your art and everything you make is going to be amazing. And that's why I never look back and regret work putting in my time early on as an art director, because I learned typography. I learned a lot about fonts. I do hand-drawn fonts. I learned layout, how to make things cohesive, how to work with a brand and still be me, but like speak to the brand. Um, And I think that was so important. Mm, Invaluable. Mm -hmm. I think that's amazing. Such great lessons. Exactly. Amazing lessons. Totally. Do you want to do creative? Oh, yeah. I want to ask her yeah. about being crafty as creative and crafty as resourceful. We've talked about such great things. Yeah. Cool. So, how, yeah. How do you find yourself crafty as creative, which we've um, talked about in amazing, in a bunch of different ways? Yeah. I feel like just being uh, myself, um, being honest, um, using uh, my art to make money, I think, and figuring out how to do that structuring my business in a way that makes sense for me. We work in the afternoon until late at night, um, getting people in who I like, who have good attitudes, um, making sure that they're happy and fulfilled. I'll always give them a day off if they want to like have a freelance project or whatever, like that is important to them. They need to like develop as an artist as well. Um, I think just like being crafty as creative is just like structuring my business, I guess, in a way that makes sense for me. I think that's a really good answer. 
because you, I think, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I just think like part of creativity is like understanding that things that come to your brain might not be the norm or outside the box, but that's, it'll still do. Like that's a big part of creativity. Like, that's kind of what you're saying is like structuring your business for you because these traditional models or these other models that someone might say to do, like it's still okay if you come up with something better. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's weird to work. Uh, our hours are technically 12 to eight. We usually work like two to 10 mm. um, at night. And like, that's weird, but that's what works for me. Like I like working at night. That's You got to do what works for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I can't work at eight o'clock in the morning hell no it's not that's not how <laughs> it's like my when i go to um, bed <laughs> that's, yeah that's just not you know amanda like i'm the early one i, I can't i know i had on email your, her. your bio like an early morning person i was like really oh my <laughs> gosh yeah, past six o'clock i'm a completely diminished human that's like, okay it's like cocktail yeah. time anyways yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's so funny like people have different like internal clocks that they just mm -hmm. run on it's so funny and I've always had insomnia ever since I was a child so I feel like it's very natural for me to end up with that. Wow. yeah and how do you find yourself uh crafty as resourceful uh, I think uh I wrote down I was like I use both sides of the Swiffer pad. Yes, that's important. Be you know, dollar and a budget. Dollar um, pizza. Yeah, dollar pizza. Um, I think figuring out how to use my art in multiple ways and figuring out as many ways as possible that it works while still being me. I think uh, I really yeah. like doing illustration. I really like doing murals, and I really like doing stationery. Why can't I do all three? Um, yes. You know, yeah. uh, I think. It's a it's a huge leap to from uh, what I was doing to the stationary world. You know, I'm in my bubble in New York uh, with a lot of illustrators and street artists. Even still, those are separate. And then making that leap from that to stationary, which is a totally different world. I knew no one. Like, uh, but I feel like it it worked. And it might seem like it from an outsider's perspective who isn't in you know, illustration or murals in New York City, it would make sense. It seems like a natural leap, but it's really not. And so I think like doing stuff like that is sort of how I'm being resourceful, I guess. Yeah, totally. definitely. Absolutely. It's using the resources you have to create a whole new income. Exactly. And figuring yeah. out alternative ways where I don't have to go and sit at a cubicle and work, but still make money and be happy, even if it means putting more hours in, you know, having a tighter budget, eating dollar pizza, four nights a week, that's fine. If I'm happy and I'm doing what I love and just making ends meet, that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love those. Me too. Really fantastic. So good. Okay, so to conclude our episode, we usually do a lightning round with our guests where we take the list that's on Kristen's currently card that she's put on a bunch of things and put out in the world and how people know her. We're going to verbally do it via the podcast. Here we go. Are you ready? Sure. Let's do it. What are you currently watching? Oh, I'm watching Staircase on Netflix, but I just binge watch a lot of SpongeBob. So I guess both. <laughs> I see the influence in you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you currently reading? Um, Girl in a Band by Kim Gordon. Uh, she's the uh, artist from Sonic Youth. It's really interesting. It's like uh -huh. a feminist perspective on being an artist, a musician in kind of New York and how it is to be in an all-male band in like the 90s. It's, I, I found it originally because I was uh, reading Patti Smith's book, uh, Just Kids. 
uh, which is an awesome book. I highly recommend it to all artists. Um, it won like the National Book Award. And this came up on my like Amazon recommendations. And when I worked at Mental Floss, I got a bunch of free books because they would give us fr like the first before they published it. I forget what the exact name is it for it is. They would give us like the the proof version so it hasn't yeah. been edited so i have all these free books and i already had the book and i was like oh i have to read it mm. what are you currently listening to i guess i was listening to big l this morning i like a lot of 90s rap um also like the new cardi b album um but <laughs> i think yeah i listen to a lot of rap i even did a, a zine like two years ago cleaning with the dirtiest rappers it's like an adult coloring book yeah um, and it was like that. six of my favorite rappers like Biggie smalls <laughs> eminem like cleaning out his closet Biggie Small shining his crown, uh, Lil' Kim like sweeping up her pasties that fell off of her dress, <laughs> stuff like that. So like rap's a big influence, That's I think, so in general. It's so good. Um, if people want to buy that, they can go to Pinky Mart? Yes. Okay, cool. I'll link to all your stuff. So Thank it'll you. Be, it'll be there. Um, what are you currently making? Uh, I'm working on a, a sticker set for uh, Ryan, or, yeah, Ryan Porter. Very cool. Um, it's like a nameplate necklace company super fun women run mm -hmm. um good business to support so yeah i'm doing cool. a little sticker sheet that they give in all their boxes when they ship their orders out oh that also so cute yeah i love your sex emoji stickers thank you <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i'm like I need no that. one's done this sorry yeah. i'm putting the finger in the hole no, like, no one's done that i need to do it i love it i was like uh, yeah <laughs> I just realized what you said. No, but I'm like, I need that in my planner. Like all these like fun, like oh, yeah. G-rated planners. And I need a sex emoji sticker sheet. Yes. So, yeah. Well, send me your address. <laughs> yeah. <I> <laughs> okay. What are you currently feeling? Um, I mean, I guess happy because I get to work for the best boss ever, which is myself. <laughs> um, yes. But I just happy I'm not like sitting in a cubicle. I'm doing my thing and um, paying yeah. my bills on time. Yeah, that's awesome. That is like success in a nutshell, right? Just those yeah, two lines. Yeah, yeah. What are you currently planning? Um, it's summertime, so murals. Uh, I want to do more murals. Uh, if anyone needs a mural, please let me know. I'm <laughs> always down. Uh, so, yeah, murals because it's the season. I can't do it in the winter. Are you planning to go back to NSS? Yes. Um, I want to see how – Oh, it, oh, yeah, because they merged it with yeah. um, the other Mer New York Now. I want to see how America's Mart goes before I commit, just because it's a financial commitment and I need right. some money before I do it. But, yes, I am planning to go back. Um, I had a lot of fun the one day I was there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I want to for sure. Cool. And finally, what are you currently loving? Um, pattern making is really fun. Uh I just went to see Sean, Sean X, Shauna X, I think her name is, at um, ADO in Brooklyn. She has a big installation of, like, hand-painted giant tongues you can go take pictures with. <laughs> um, I loved that. Uh, I got a new puppy named Pickle, who's cool. Um, I love him, He's obviously. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't, there'd be a problem. Uh, gel pens, glitter gel pens. Um, and my stencil cutter, I guess. There's a lot of things like, I like wine. I like that wine o'clock starts at three in this office. Yes. Pink <laughs> starts early. Today. I love your <laughs> Hopefully I'm like, Ugh. um, yeah. Pink. I, I don't know. Rainbows. Uh, happy people. Happy yes. people. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Fun. This has been so fun. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me. I've had a blast. Yeah. This Good. is awesome. Yeah, right. I'm, we're going to head over to After Chatter so people can get 
bonus features on you. More chat, more talk. Get to yeah, see they can see your cute pink headphones. Yeah, <laughs> come check out my headphones. Yeah. Otherwise, we will catch you guys next week with another cool and awesome person who's going to tell us all about their lives and what makes them an amazing, crafty-ass female. We will catch you next week, and we love you very much. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.